Hello, welcome into the CHGO Bears podcast presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. What's going on, Bears fans? It has been a busy, busy day. And I we know where Nick wants to start the show. He wants to have a full breakdown of the Bears' new wide receiver from the University of Iowa. Who wrote that? What the, I nope. never even update the board. Usually it's the wrong date, but man, yeah, another Iowa Hawkeyes on the on the roster there, Adam. Apparently, according to the whiteboard. Well, anyway, um, <laughs> no, actually, of all the things that happened today, I like that pickup from the Bears. Amir Smith Marset joining the team, um, but that is way down the list of priorities today. We have a general manager conversation. We have the assistant general manager, Ian Cunningham, meeting the media for the first time. Topics from what was discussed, more bonus discussion afterwards because Ryan Poles then joined uh, Adam Johns and myself on the Hogan Johns podcast for about 20 minutes, and there was even more that came out of that conversation. Uh, And so I encourage you to listen to that. Please wait to the end of this show, and then you can go listen to the Ryan Poles conversation on Hogan Johns. Uh, we're going to discuss some of that here as well. And um, a new wide receiver. Oh, and uh, just brand new stadium news that's popping up as well. So uh, plenty to get to here in the next hour with a little nighttime show for you as there's football on my screen, which I managed to miraculously get going here right as we started the show. We were having some issues. And then right as our producer, Joey, hit the start button on the show, all of a sudden it appeared. So that's just... A gift from the football gods, I think. What game do you got on there, Adam? Oh, we got we got Pitt and West Virginia, the backyard brawl back in action, which I don't know why they ever stopped it, but it's back, which is good. And then um, I'm gonna have to go Big Ten though once we get to seven o'clock, yeah, because we do have Penn State, Purdue tonight. Yeah, so. that's that's a good game to watch. I'll be watching that one later. I had the you know the West Virginia pick game uh, on my monitor here, but. You know, you got to watch that bandwidth a little bit. Obviously, the podcast is running, so I'll stick to just, you know, engaging in the podcast because that's what we're here for. Yeah, absolutely. But it's nice. Uh, you know, we're going to engage a little bit. We understand people are probably uh, at home with football game on TV and hopefully have that muted and this turned up so you can pay attention on the second screen to what went on with the Bears today. And Please hit that like button. Hit the subscribe button, the notifications uh, as we tend to we try to stay consistent for you with the show times but news happens and like today now all of a sudden it's a 6 30 show so thanks for hanging with us here adam hogan nicholas moriano uh let's dive in so ryan poles meeting the media for technically the third time since training camp opened but that second time was an impromptu press conference at soldier field when only a couple questions were able to be a- asked and answered they were all about roquan so this was really the first time we've heard from the gm about his team since training camp started. And there's a lot that has happened. Um, I guess just to check off the box with Roquan Smith, because not surprisingly, that was the first topic that came up, but he seems to be on the same page as Roquan Smith at this point that Roquan's on the field. The contract's not getting discussed right now. um, And it's all about ball as Ryan put it today. Yeah, he seemed really optimistic, though, Adam, about being able to repair the relationship, you know, moving forward. He's, he expects Roquan to have a big season and that, you know, like like everybody, you get into disagreements and you find ways to resolve those disagreements. Right. But he seemed pretty optimistic about being able to do that. But like you said, that's behind him. He didn't want to get into the contract discussions or, you know how the language that Roquan used when he did speak to the media for the first time after releasing his message on Twitter. So that's behind him. They're they're focused on the season, but he does seem optimistic that they can repair what has kind of been, you know, a little bit in shambles over the past couple, like a month now. Yeah. One of the many reasons why you use an agent in these situations, because contracts can be uh, tricky. Um, and I think that Roquan Smith's probably learning that, Best thing he can do, best thing that the Bears can have happen is just to have him go out there and have a big season and then address this in the offseason. And maybe if Roquan balls out 
and it looks like that's worth paying a guy in this defense that amount of money. Um, I will share a little note from our conversation on Hogan Johns because this briefly came up and it was more about the idea of paying a top wheel linebacker in this defense and how much that is a priority for Ryan Poles. And he, but he said, he's like in this defense that we play, it is very important. So, you know, but so is corner. So is defensive end pass rusher, but it, it's still an important spot. And as we've talked about before in this, on the show, the bears have a history of, they went through this with Lance Briggs and I don't, they didn't regret paying Lance Briggs pretty damn good football player. So I, I think that in the end, you'd like to see both sides come together. I just think that they've moved on for now and we'll see how the season plays out. All right, Tevin Jenkins. Um, I think the headline here is that they did finally have a conversation that the sort of the odd comments that we heard from Tevin the other day, not that the comments themselves were odd, just the fact that he still felt like he wasn't secure on this team after everything he's done in the last couple of weeks. That was surprising to hear from him. Uh, it still felt like he was on the bubble, even though he seemingly had won the starting right guard job. And so we heard from Ryan Poles today and he said that they had a chance to talk it out and he praised Tevin for how he's handled it. Uh, he said, no, I had a good conversation with them and I was, and I told him how proud I was of him again. I think it's about building the best five. I think we have a good five with him at guard. So I think it's good for us to have Tevin at guard right now. Nick, your reaction. I think that's what it, what we were seeing on the field, him taking all the first team reps at that right guard position. That's what it felt like, that he was your starting right guard and there was no question about it. There's no one really in back of him that you would see the Bears feeling comfortable with. I think when the the Alex Leatherwood, when they claimed him, you're like, oh, is there something that could be there? But just kind of hearing Ryan Poles praise Tevin Jenkins and also Ian Cunningham also adding and mentioning the resiliency that he's seen from Tevin Jenkins, that just solidifies what they think about him. And obviously, um, you know, on your guys' podcast, you, you kind of squash the trade rumors about Tevin Jenkins. If you want to, you know, also tell, tell the listeners about that, uh, Adam. Yeah, and again, I encourage you to listen to it after the show. But it, you know, I I basically just asked Ryan. It's been a crazy training camp for Tevin Jenkins, and he went from an afterthought who's hurt. We don't even see him out there on the practice field. To now, he's your starting right guard. What happened? And that that's how I phrased it. And he was the one who right away was like, "Yeah, I mean, the guy missed a couple of days, and now all of a sudden there's trade rumors." And he said, "I never called anybody." So Ryan Poles right there saying I, I he never called teams to shop Tevin Jenkins, but he also said that when something like that's going on, you start getting phone calls from other teams that are wondering what's happening. And so I'm guessing that that is how it somehow made its way into, which I think was the original NFL network report that the bears, but they worded it technically accurately. The bears were uh -huh. taking calls. I think that can be sometimes misleading though the bears are picking up the telephone is it's different than the bears are. When you say a team is taking calls on a guy, it's like they're, it's still an indication that they're trying to shop them, that they're open for business on a guy. When it certainly sounds like what Ryan Poles cleared up today with us was just, no, I mean, we're not trying to move them. This pe people were calling. And, and that was it. And, and I think that there's a distinction there that needs to be made. Um, and then he also, what I thought was, was significant, admitted that when he talked to Tevin Jenkins, he said he admitted that his communication probably could have been better throughout that process. And so now let's see what Tevin De Jenkins does with the opportunity. I, I think that that squashes the trade rumors for now. And now he's the right guard. Let's see what happens. Yeah, and he's been really open in the open locker rooms. Like when people have asked him to speak, you know, he's he's pretty forthcoming and has spoken to reporters about it. And that's where he kind of has talked about like finding a home. And now maybe after having this conversation, he does feel like that. You know, Chicago is at home at the right guard position. And that that's the best, you know, for him, for the Bears moving forward. So now hopefully he can get that behind him 
all out of all the things that have happened throughout you know the last couple of months for him, you can put that behind him, focus on playing right guard and getting ready for the San Francisco 49ers in week one. And I gotta say, Nick, if he stays healthy, and that's still a question mark, I think. Um, how that how that back is gonna hold up once you get to game action here, regular season. But I think he's gonna play pretty well, to be honest with you. It, it, it's it, maybe I'm putting too much stock in just some preseason reps, but there's a different guy that we've seen in these preseason games at a different position. And that's why I think it carries weight because, and he talked about it the other day. Like he just feels more comfortable in a phone booth where things happen a little faster, but you're not out in a, on an Island on the edge. And I think that that fits his physical mentality. And I, I don't see any reason why it's not going to continue week one, other than the fact that the, you know, that granted the competition is going to be a step up and, you're, the game's going to be moving even faster, but I, I think he's going to be, I think he's going to rise to the occasion and play pretty well. Yeah. The game's going to be moving faster, obviously facing a really good opponent, but he's also getting more time at the right guard position. He's still very new to this. Yeah. So, I mean, as he continues learning and feeling more comfortable and again, if his back is fine, I'm with you, Adam, there's no reason why Tevin Jenkins can't excel here. He is, he was a second round draft pick for a reason. The Bears, the last regime moved up to go get him. They saw something in him. So just con having continuity, I think, is going to be big for Tevin Jenkins. And also just having that his mindset ease that this is his place now. I think that can go a long way for Tevin Jenkins. All right. Meanwhile, different offensive lineman, the newcomer. First time we had a chance to see him out there at practice today, Alex Leatherwood, the former first-round pick. When I say former, last year. Uh, you don't pick up guys like this via waivers very often after just one year. And the bears are, I, I think it was clear to me today. And I, and I like this approach that they're, they picked up a developmental project. Like this is their next offensive line project. They had Braxton Jones. They had Larry Borum. They had Tevin Jenkins. They've seen good results at this point. So here's the next guy that they're bringing in to work with the next young talent. But I don't think, I think they're going to do the opposite of what the Raiders did. They rushed them. Mm -hmm. And I think the bears are going to keep them on. They got, got to keep them on the 53. Um, unless, you know, they think that they can have, you know, wave them and clear them and get them on the practice squad. But the guy's most likely going to be on the 53, but stash there for now while they, get him up to speed on the offense, figure out where he's best suited. They did not commit to that today, guard or tackle. Um, they're probably going to try him at both and see what happens. Maybe they start at tackle, move him inside the guard a little bit, but perhaps over time, this he can show them enough that, all right, now you're going to be active on game day as a backup and just see where it goes because guys are going to get hurt this year and this is some added depth and it's it's just a i think a win-win move by the bears you get a chance at having a young guy that was a former first round draft pick situation was not good where he was with the raiders and now he gets a new change of scenery he practiced at right tackle today for the bears but you know he said with uh, the reporters today that he's open to, to anything and maybe that's the case with the bears view him too maybe he moves inside but he just views this as a new opportunity, and he what he played the first four games for the Raiders at the right tackle position before moving to right guard. And yeah, you can look at the stats and all the pressure he gave up, but it's just another opportunity for a very young player that has talent. And Ryan Poles said when asked about Alex Leatherwood today, I um I we believe in player development here, and clearly we have already seen that at Braxton Jones. Like there's player development going on there. There's guys that you can already see over the past couple months that have developed into into starters, a fifth-round draft pick of Braxton Jones. So now let's see what a first-round, second-round talent in Alex Leatherwood can be in this system. And again, not having to be the starter right away. I think that also helps in itself. You know, that, that word development, I think, is going to be huge with this franchise going forward here. I mean, they – these guys – this franchise has not been that good at developing players as of 
late. And, you know, they, they, they tend to acquire them and whatever level they're at when they were acquired is kind of what they get until it becomes worse. I mean, there's been some exceptions here. Obviously, Akeem Hicks was a, a success story. Um, but there's too many other examples of guys that just never really got better. Um, and now you're hoping that this is what's happening with the, with the bears, with this coaching staff, that there's going to be more, more of that happening here. And I think we're starting to see it on the offensive line already. I still think we got to see more from wide receivers, but Darnell Mooney certainly mm -hmm. seems like he's continuing to get better. And so that is development that matters. Um, we'll see where it goes with Cole Komet, but it's just, this is such a big part of the NFL that you, you can't just acquire a player at their max. You have to continue to get better. You have to continue to get these players to get better. And I think that that's the one thing that will probably define, define this new regime over time here, at least I hope. Um, because the early results are that there's been some of that development. Granted, they haven't played a game yet, but we've started to see some of that development. You know what? One player that kind of represents this who was in a bad light last season is now maybe trending slightly upwards is like a Kendall Vildor. Like he's in the starting mix to be, you know, your outside start your outside corner, and he's there for a reason. Like they brought in Kendall or they brought in Kyler Gordon, but Kendall Vildor is still there. Player development matters. Yes, he did not have a good season last year, getting the first opportunity to start, but maybe that changes slightly. Maybe he won't be a great player for the Bears, but someone that can be competent, like that that will go a long way in being, you know, fitting this narrative of player development with this new coaching staff. Maybe Kendall Vildor is a part of that. All right, I want to tell you about points bet real quick. Of course, points bet sportsbook is counting down the days until the football season with a new offer every day until the season kicks off. From now until September 8th, one week away, points bet power hour will unlock a new daily offer from 12 to 1 o'clock central time every day. Sign up for points bet now using code CHGO to also get risk-free bets up to $2,000. Don't miss out on your chance to get daily access to free bets, boosted odds, and so much more now through September 8th. But that's not it because if you make a $51 or more first-time deposit, you will receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. Download the PointsBet app today. Use code CHGO to take advantage of this limited time offer. Don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. I have to tell everybody about Athletic Greens. With one scoop of your AG1s, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens, to help start your day off right, this mixture of ingredients helps your immune system, gives you energy, and improves your focus, and that's why I take my Athletic Greens, and you should too. What's awesome about Athletic Greens is that it costs them less than a cup of coffee a day. Also, it helps support better sleep quality and recovery, which we all definitely need. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Just one scoop and a cup of water every day, super simple. No need, for a million, uh, no need for a million different pills or supplements, so look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Green is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash chgobears. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash chgobears to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutrition insurance. See, I looked down to do a points bet read and miss a touchdown. West Virginia scored. 7-0? Uh, it's 7-3 because Pitt got a field goal earlier. And I, it's hilarious. The way the transfer window works these days, it's like a quarterback carousel. All these guys are in new places. So you have JT Daniels mm -hmm. is not just threw a touchdown for West Virginia. Of course, he was at. Georgia before mm -hmm. and then where he eventually lost his job to Stetson Bennett. They win the national title. Um, but JT Daniels was also at USC before that where Keaton Slovis was also at USC. And now he's a quarterback for Pitt. So 
I think I saw, was it, um, oh, which ones? Someone, I, I, who was it? Somebody, I saw a tweet a real little while ago. It was great, which was, uh, cause they were showing all the USC highlights and of those two quarterbacks when they were at USC and someone tweeted that, I think it was Jeff Schwartz. I think he said that's the most, mm-hmm. uh, the most highlights USC has had shown on a, on a primetime broadcast in years. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Not wrong. All right. Uh, we'll keep it to the Bears talk here, but uh, hopefully, hopefully people are enjoying football tonight. I know I am. All right. Um, let's talk about the wide receiver depth a little bit. Ryan Pohl saying that he's hopeful that in the next few days they'll get some more of these guys out there. They'll have more of a full unit because this has been an interesting couple days to be honest with you um with even one confusing move we all expected Nikhil harry to go on ir but tajay sharp was kept on the original um 53 man roster and then the next day to clear a roster spot for somebody else was put on ir before that three o'clock deadline which means he has to be out for the year um now you can't you can't really release somebody right away if they're hurt. So that might've been just a situation where they viewed it as we got a clear roster spot. We're still unsure on Tajay Sharp. So we are just got to do this injury reserve thing um, for, so I don't know where that's going to go going forward, but he's not eligible to return as long as he's on IR. I think at some point he has to be waived from IR, um, which is one way to go about it. But, for now, he's not part of the picture. That's the point. Nikhil Harry's out for at least four games. He is eligible to return after four games. But meanwhile, you got Byron Pringle, who's still not practicing. Valus Jones Jr., like at what point does it get concerning with Valus Jones Jr.? The guy, it's not good when rookies misc- missed a huge part of the preseason and keep seemingly having issues. I just don't know what's realistic to expect out of Alice Jones Jr., who I know a lot of people are excited about. Yeah, we don't even know what he's dealing with at this point, um, especially, yeah, just being somebody that's out and has going to have a big role on this team. You would like to see him start practicing. We were kind of having those concerns with Kyler in the beginning, yeah. Kyler Gordon, but then he started practicing, and now all those got squished and are, you're feeling good about Kyler Gordon, but Valus... Like, at one point, Adam, they had three wide receivers. I know. There were three guys that were healthy to practice. So, they're like, you need to add players at some point. And, you know, the Bears did that today by getting uh, former Vikings wide receiver, former Iowa wide receiver, Amir Smith-Marset. But I think going back to Valus, he needs to start practicing next Monday to, for, yeah. to, feel, you know, to feel comfortable. Because at this point, we don't know his injury. And we haven't seen him in a while. That's not a good thing. Yeah, he got in that one game in Seattle and, and just showed some some ability, especially in the return game. So you hope he's available, but it starts with availability. And I just think that that's c- concerning at this point. Um, but Polls also said, we're going to be completely relentless when it comes to adding talent. He said that before. And just a little while later, the claim came in on Amir Smith-Marset. This was the other one I wanted. So there's a couple wide receivers, that, a couple Big Ten guys who have hit the waiver wire the last couple of days. One was Tyler Johnson, another mm-hmm. fifth-round pick. These guys are both fifth-round picks. Uh, Tyler Johnson got claimed by the Texans, who are ahead of the Bears in the waiver order. So now they take a swing at Amir Smith-Marset, and they do get him. Now, Smith-Marset does not have as many catches in the NFL at this point. Um, he only has five, two of them are touchdowns. I want to say one of those came against the bears. Am I remembering that correctly? He's, he's got, look, he's got five receptions in the NFL. Four of those came against the bears. Two were touchdowns. Okay. Man, like that's his job. He like, he yeah. came into the NFL. Was like, I'm going to score on the bears. And essentially he did that. Yeah. Uh, so I look, this is a, this is a guy I liked coming out of Iowa, just like Tyler Johnson had a chance to see him in person, you know, when they would play Northwestern, um, he makes plays. He's got the ability to go up and get it. Hell, you should give the scout report. You're the Iowa guy. What do you think about him? Yeah, just watch. Uh, I mean, me watching Iowa games, you're going to see a guy that's going to line up in the slot outside 
Also, a guy that's capable of taking a jet sweep whenever he's running out of bounds. He's usually looking to do a spin move right before he does to kind of pick up, whether it's just an extra yard. He That's just kind of how he's wired, but he's also contributed in, in the kickoff game. He was, in 2019, the Big Ten special return of returner of the year as a sophomore. So he adds that element to his game as well. So you can add... You know, that's that's the thing, too. If you're going to make the back end of a roster at the wide receiver position, especially, you know, here at the Bears, you got to have special teams value as well. Amir Smith-Marset brings that, but 4-4-2 speed can stretch the field vertically. Didn't have as many opportunities with the Vikings, but, you know, this is a wide receiver room that's looking for opportunities, looking to give players opportunities. Maybe Amir Smith-Marset can capitalize on that, but I think, it's a good move for the Bears to bring in another guy because we were just talking about it. they're pretty thin at the position. Yeah, the other thing, too, is that um, the offensive concepts, he might be able to adapt quickly mm-hmm. because the Bears are running more of some of that Kubiak stuff that was in Minnesota before their, their change this year in the offseason. So, you know, he's still going to have to get up to speed. He hasn't been practicing necessarily this stuff this year right now but i think that because that's the first thing you got to think about whenever you acquire a player this close to the start of the season you know you can't just throw them out there against the 49ers you got to get them in your building you got to have them understand the playbook and it's not easy when you're a wide receiver especially if you're lining up in multiple spots so i'm, I'm not saying this is going to happen quickly but i do think that he maybe has a chance to get up to speed quicker than some other guys depending on where they were coming from you know Andrew Janoko can play a part in getting him up to speed as well obviously being with with the Vikings last year as the quarterback's coach but he knows this offense obviously so that's going to be a connection that I think Smith Marset can lean on to again grasp this our offense to you know be be in a position to contribute early on so that's I think going to be another connection there yeah all right well that was a lot to get to from Ryan Poles um what were your first impressions hearing from Ian Cunningham for the first time? It was a kind of a bummer that they were talking at the same time. I know that I can tell you the Bears media group was not very happy about that. But, um, you know, obviously, when you don't hear from the GM for a month or so, most of the questions are going to go to the G- GM. So Ian Cunningham was just kind of sitting up there at times. But he did answer a couple questions. He had some very strong comments on Kyler Gordon at the end about how much his movements. I mean, we've heard that before from other, you know, his coaches and from polls himself, but just talking about his balance and his ability to move in tight spaces, both inside and outside in the defense. And he pretty much said, we think he's going to be a really good player. Yeah. Just kind of, I listened to him for like the first time in, in, you know, in person there, I kind of noticed he kept looking over at Ryan, you know, like, Maybe they're going to ask me a question at some point, and yeah. eventually, um, you know, uh, we did. But it, it it was nice to kind of see him towards the end of the press conference. Kind of, you know, he added in that extra comment about the Kyler Gordon, like, "Let me add this about him." So, and then obviously talking about Tevin Jenkins and being a former offensive lineman, you could speak to that as well. So, it was nice to hear from him. I wish, like, like all of us, the media could got could have gotten him exclusively to kind of get his voice a little bit more heard in, in one of these press conferences. But, you know, that when he did speak, I thought there was good stuff there. But next time, if whenever there's a next time, if there's a next time, get him one-on-one or get him exclusively. So, look, if you're, if you're thinking like us, hey, now we get a breather, okay? It's Labor Day weekend. The teams give the players a break. We're off for a few days consume some college football not ryan polsney and cunningham although they're going to be consuming plenty of college football but they're going to be doing it for work they are on a three-game tour this weekend and i have a little bit of extra insight this they were originally talking about it being a five games in five day tour so they shortened it down to three but originally they were thinking about going to penn state purdue tonight um, and that ended up not happening. And then who does Clemson play Monday? Clemson plays Monday. They were thinking about tacking that one on too, but they're not going to. So it's it'll start tomorrow night. TCU, Colorado, which I believe is actually getting played at Mile High Stadium um, in Denver, 
which is a bummer because I think every game should be played at Boulder. Literally every college football game should be played at Boulder. Just just play all of them there. Such a cool place. Um, so they'll be there tomorrow night for that game. And then Saturday, they're going to fly all the way over to Georgia, Oregon and Georgia playing. That's a great game Saturday. And then Sunday, Florida State, LSU. Wow. Which I think is I in mean, New Orleans. Yep, that's at LSU. And they said they were thinking about doing Clemson at Georgia Tech, which would have been Monday. Yeah, back September in 5th. Atlanta. And that's uh that's quite the lifestyle there to be jumping from game to game, different, you know, times and doing that, but five. That that was crazy that they even had that like idea in the first place. I mean, I plan on watching all those games. <laughs> well, but but you need be nice without all the travel. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh hey, they're doing this for you, Bears fans. This is the college scouting season is officially underway. And when he says they're gonna be completely relentless in adding more and more talent, that includes diving into the draft already. And we are just in the first day of September. Yep. Yep. But now he finally has his staff together. Because remember, he comes in in January. He's got the old Bears staff. He brings in Ian Cunningham. They shuffle some things around. But really, they're all working together to come up with this draft class that so far has been relatively impressive. Now, after all the changes he made after the draft, now they're jumping into it. And, and they'll have scouts at plenty of other games, by the way. Trust me. This is just the... Uh, Ryan Poles, Ian Cunningham tour over the weekend. Sounds like a lot of fun. I mean, my wife would never go for it, but. Oh, no. Me. Yeah. My, my girlfriend would be like, uh, so you were going to hang out when I'm like, I don't even know if that was, you know, what we were <laughs> doing, but yeah, it, it does sound like fun for them. Uh, all right. Plenty of other news to get to as well. Big stadium news. Well, I don't know how big it, it's, it's, News that, news. yeah, it's news with the stadium. <laughs> um, it just shows you that, not that you needed to be reminded, but it is another reminder that they are very, very serious about this move to Arlington Heights. So came out today an official announcement that the Bears are going to be holding an informational community meeting to discuss the potential purchase and possible development of Arlington Park. This is next Thursday night at Hersey High School. Uh, at um, oh, I think that's where Jeff Joniak went. Oh, I think I might be wrong. I think that's where he went. Seven, uh, so seven to nine p.m. next Thursday. It says, "quote The meeting will include opening remarks from team leadership and conceptual plans for a transit-oriented mixed-use entertainment district." Anchored by a stadium that would be one of the largest development project, excuse me, largest development projects in Illinois state history. So, there we're. It sounds like we're in the Mayor Lightfoot, you know, renderings that have well, not renderings <laughs> of her, but the ones of the stadium down at Soldier Field that they've put out, the mayor's office have, uh, they just seem like pie in the sky. This is, uh, this is, I think by next Thursday, this time Thursday, next week, we will be getting an actual possible rendering of what this stadium could look like in Arlington Heights, which is very exciting. It is, Adam. I think even, you know, for a lot of Bears fans that are in favor of this move, like, what's it going to look like? What do you envision for this new stadium? And I think there's also some skepticism, right? Like this is the Bears, though. Are they gonna, are they gonna screw this up in a way where you have an opportunity, have a new stadium, a state-of-the-art facility, and can make a environment that you want Bears fans to be a part of that will love being there? I think there could also be some skepticism, like can they get this right? But next week we can get a glimpse of what the vision is. And you know what, Adam, like September 8th, I'm like, oh, that's a day that that's my moving day. I'm moving in Arlington Heights. I'm like, oh, the Bears just topped it. So it doesn't even matter. I'm, I'm moving in that day in Arlington Heights. But so are the Bears and their vision of what the, the new stadium could look like. So are you holding an informational meeting with the community on your move to Arlington Heights? I think, I mean, if that's what that's what everyone's doing these days, apparently on on uh, 
you know, the 8th of September. So I guess if you want to tune into that, it'll be like just me and my girlfriend there. So you can tune in. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I'll come. I'll come for you. Uh, oh, man. Taunting penalty. Not good. Damn. By Pitt here. Can't do that. Nice play in the end zone. And he get he Eberflus would not like that. Eberflus would not like that. I'll tell you that. Oh man, it was a nice play mm-hmm. too. It looked like. I am not looking forward to having to analyze taunting penalties. Oh, that's They're so bad. And the so... NFL still triple downing on them. Uh, uh, some other details came out from the Chicago Tribune on this uh, Arlington Heights meeting. The, uh, they they reported that any development would have to be approved by village officials. Of course, by the way, this is not like a. Um, this is more like an informal community meeting. It's not like the ones that you actually have to have, um, mm-hmm. like legally, like the town halls or whatever, um, to before something like this could go forward. Um, and it would obviously still have to be approved by village officials. Uh, but the Arlington Heights mayor is welcoming this and. Uh, said they're increasing the speed of the project as we move forward. As we move forward toward making this a reality, this is an opportunity to get initial feedback from the community. So it's a very important and exciting part of the process. I like it. It's exciting. It's I. I'm really curious to see exactly what the again the initial vision for these designs are and how they are going to change the landscape that's all around there because yeah. uh you know just looking for apartments down in that area and i'm like man this it's just such a big space such a big space what's what's the vision there so i'm really looking forward to seeing what they got you know they're not gonna be moving there for like six years right yeah i know you know, <laughs> you're gonna be like scouting bit. out property you're like it's like a walk to the stadium yeah i'm gonna get ahead of the game that's that's it's nice but if, yeah make sure you get some tailgate you know some tailgate areas or something Yep, I'll be scouting yeah. out the, the area. Just check it out. Speaking of tailgates, just start teasing this a little bit, but stay tuned for some CHGO tailgates before Bears games. Okay, we'll have more information, I think, next week on that. Um, but very excited about it. It's going to be awesome for the CHGO community. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'll be at the games, but I'm going to see if I can get there early enough to stop by maybe for like a, you know, beer or a brat and then just go up to the stadium and have you you guys have fun. But we have a lot of cool things planned for this this bear season for the rest of the year and everything at CHGO. So you're definitely going to tune in and, you know, just check it all out. Yeah. All right. Why don't you tell us about FOCO? Yeah, Chicago, you already got the best coverage for your favorite teams. So get fitted out in the best sports gear around foco again that's foco has you covered from soldier field to the front room north or south side with hoodies slippers signs bobbleheads and everything in between get decked out like damar you know the guy that shoots the basketball for the bulls he's pretty good uh with apparel from the leader in sports merch and collectibles foco looking for the perfect gift for the football fan in your life foco's got you covered with hoodies to fight that lake michigan breeze check out foco.com or click the link below in this in the description for all non-presale items use the promo code chgo for 10 percent off i love how the tailgate talk just immediately resulted in brags in the youtube comments just talking shit about how he's going to smoke people in bags i like it Ooh, ooh started up I now mean- yeah, I, I'll definitely play a, a game of bags before going up to the press box. I think I like to think I'm pretty good, but Rags apparently is uh, going to smoke people. By the way, that was that was Nick's version of talking shit. The guy is too nice to come back too strong, so he just very politely is like, "Oh, I'm up for that. I think I'm pretty good. I'll take you." I'm humble, you know. Yeah, no, you, you let, are. You know, so I'll I'll, uh, I'll let my play speak for itself. Hey, you guys be you, right? You. You talk shit the way you want to. Braggs is going to do it the way. But now we need to have a battle. We need to have this thing settled, I think, next Sunday morning uh, <laughs> <laughs> before the Bears game. Uh, all right. This is the part of the uh, show where we will uh, take any questions. So, Joey, if there's any uh, questions from the audience here uh, throughout the show, and what is this Dylan Swe- C-Sag, swag people are talking about? 
is it just a mustache? Like what? Where? Is, uh, I, I mean, get it. Yep. I was one. I was like trying to look in your background. Like, am I missing a Dylan Cease thing? It's the mustache. Okay. Yeah. You stuck that back here, on me. Are you going to keep it longer this time? Uh, I'm thinking after. So I'm going to be in Wisconsin this weekend for the game. Uh, Wisconsin, Illinois State. But I'm thinking after the weekend, uh, the mustache is, is also going. So it was kind. Yeah. it's kind of like a one-week thing. It's a one-week okay. thing with the stash and then disappears for another random week. Just let the record show. Where is he going on his off weekend? He's not going to Iowa City. He's going to Madison. Just let the record show. Okay. Yep. I need to experience it once. I, I haven't been there. I'm looking forward <laughs> to it. Seeing another Big Ten town. It, it should be a lot of fun. Well, I know I know they've done a lot of work in the South End Zone. I'm really I'm excited to see what, what it looks like. So you're gonna have to report back to me uh, on that. All right. Uh Dave asks who has a better year, Juju Smith Schuster or Darnell Mooney? I'm going with Darnell Mooney. Like I I know what Darnell Mooney's been doing in training camp, and even though there, there's still questions with this Bears offense, but I know who Darnell Mooney is. I know what he's like. I know his work, his his, his mindset, his, how he works. Go with Darnell Mooney, Adam. This is an interesting question because I think Darnell Mooney's the he's the receiver I would prefer, but you are talking about Juju being in that Chiefs offense. So, and they have production that they need to fill. Yeah, that's true. So, I, I think it'll be a big year for Juju Smith-Schuster. But someone's got to get the targets for the Bears. So, I'm going Darnell Mooney. That's a good way to tease in the tomorrow show, by the way. We're going to do a sort of a fantasy football special for you. We're going to break down more of the projections for Bears fantasy football options. There are a few, believe it or not, on this offense. And we're also going to revisit our win totals now that we know what the roster looks like, now that we know who's going to be lining up and starting. Um, and so it'd be kind of a season preview. Because when we come back next week, it's going to be 49ers, Bears. Time to, you know, we're in a full game week mode then. It's game week. I, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. On that note about uh, Darnell Mooney, I heard a great stat last night on one of the Ringer fantasy football shows. Mooney was good for <clears throat> 26% target share last year, which was six best in the NFL, and that was with Allen Robinson. So, yeah. you know, poised for at least a lot of targets. Yeah, and there'll be some adjustment because he'll be getting more and more of the coverage and they got to find mm-hmm. somebody else to balance that out. I think Cole Komet and Ryan Griffin being options off – you know, as tight ends will help with that. Um, but yeah, you have to think, man, that's a huge target share already. I didn't know that. That is a great stat, Joey. Yeah, for sure. Um, here. Andy asked, where is Adam's quarterback meter after training mm. camp? So okay. I addressed that in my Bears Things newsletter that went out. Um, you know, I know I challenged him to... And we talked about this on the show yesterday, too. I challenged Justin Fields to wow me. He didn't consistently wow me, but when it was all said and done, like that game in Cleveland was exactly what you wanted. That was the wow game. And that's all I was asking. I understand it's the preseason. I understand it's vanilla coverage at times and all this. Guess what? The Kansas City Chiefs came out in zero on the first snap of that (laughs) first preseason game. They were in coverage zero. All right, so it wasn't like it was just vanilla the entire time. And I think that the overall body of work was good. The steady improvement throughout camp was impressive. The improved footwork was impressive. So I'm I'm very bullish on Justin Fields' season, as long as he can stay healthy, which I think is sort of, sort of the concern. And a lot of that, yeah, we talk about the offensive line. But, you know, Justin also has to show he can stay healthy. He still takes too many hits. Some of them are definitely on his own. And he didn't necessarily hold up well last year. He had multiple injuries, missed time with COVID at the end. Like, he needs to prove that he can play 17 games. Um, like, right now, as it stands, like, if you ask me, is there, are there going to be a couple games where Trevor, Trevor Simeon is going to play? I think it's just sort of... The odds are in favor of, yeah, that's probably going to happen at some point. But you hope he can stay healthy and put it together. And if he does, I, I think 
I think he can have a big year. Yeah, and the more he knows this offense, Adam, knowing where to where to put the football and to get the ball out quickly, that helps his longevity too. So where he's not hanging down to the football too long. So yeah, as as the season goes on, hopefully he gets even more comfortable with the system. But you got to see how that that offensive line is is meshing. But the hope is that he does put a healthy season out there, and then we can really see what he's capable of in this offense. All right, what else we got, Joey? Anything else? Alfredo says, imagine if Leatherwood works out. You got Jenkins, Borum, Jones could be a really young line. Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know. The odds probably are that not all of them work out, but certainly if they did, that's what you're looking for. You're looking for, those are young players. All those guys Optimism. are, all those guys are either in their first or second year in the league. And, and it's possible that Leatherwood is somebody that, they just bring along slowly this year. Maybe he's a backup. Maybe he makes some spot starts when guys go down. And then maybe if, if he looks good and they like him, you make a move somewhere else to put him to create a starting spot for him next year. Um, or maybe that happens sooner sooner rather than later. But let's slow down a little bit on Leatherwood. He's got a he's got a lot to prove. He got rushed by the Raiders, really did not look good at, at two different positions. Um you know, I think he's still probably adapting to being a pro. Mm-hmm. Went to Alabama, had everything that could possibly give to him in Alabama, right? Not, then he gets drafted in the first round. There's probably some growing up there, like with any rookie that needs to happen. And um, But if that does happen, I still think he has a lot of potential to work out. Yeah, if it happens, Adam, it's a testament not only to the players, but to that coaching staff like we talked about earlier and their ability to develop those individuals because there there's obviously talent they're all in the nfl for a reason but it does go back to that coaching staff what they're teaching them and how the players themselves are taking this information but if that pans out you have a young line like alfredo was saying and you know there's hope hope that they can be a part of this foundational core moving forward but you got to see how it all works out uh in the end there uh Corey says do you think Deech might switch to a tight end. He's 6'2", 32 arms, not really the build this regime covets. I think it might be the reason he came here instead of the Dolphins. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Well, yeah, we it's still way too early to know um, really much about him at this point. Yeah. What it, is Rex saying? Rex says Bears are going four and two or five and one before the Patriots. Right. Right. <laughs> hey, if, uh, you know, Greg takes more Malort shots, he's going to feel more optimistic about this team. And, uh, you know, the wind toll is going to keep going up, but I know Greg, maybe. Let's see if I can find this on the fly. Cause I was thinking about this the other day and forgot to look it up. Um, but let's see. I'm pretty sure that so Matt Nagy got a win against the Packers in his first year. It wasn't the first game, but he got him in the second game. Mm-hmm. 2015 um, was the year the Bears went to Green Bay and got that win. So that was John Fox's first year. 2013 Bears beat the Packers okay. at Lambeau Field. Yep. That was Mark Tressman's first year. See where I'm going with this? Hmm. Uh, and then what was Lovey Smith's first year? I always forget. Is that 02? No, or was that 2? No, that was 04. And they, 04, beat, yeah. and they beat the Packers. So you're saying there's a chance. I'm saying that it seems like when the Bears have a new coach, in that first year, they beat the Packers. Hmm. Uh, let's see, nineteen ninety nine, Dick Duran's <laughs> oh, first year. Back. Dick Duran's first year, Bears won at Lambeau Field. Bears Holy beat the crap. Packers. There, there's a, there's something to this. Um, nineteen ninety four. Sorry, Wani. That year, they didn't get it done. They basically didn't get it mm. done at all in the the Wani years. 
Yeah, and so when I, I think they lost every single down. game. Did did Wanstead never beat the Packers? Oh God, that'd be that's the one stat as a Bears coach you do not want to have right there. <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> that I is didn't the one stat. That is crazy. I think. Let me see here. Ninety. Okay, oh no, he was there in ninety three. Oh, okay. I had the year wrong. They did beat the Packers that year in '93. That was those so only win. Mark it down. You that was the only win. Yes. Wow. That I mean, does this change our whole? Uh, I think we both had him at eight and nine, Adam. I mean, you. I think you got to mark. I think you just got to lock a win in over the Packers. It's the only thing that makes sense here. <laughs> yeah. Somehow, so let's go back to eighty. Let's go back to eighty-two then. Um, why am I not seeing games in '82? Doesn't exist. All right, the, the, this the guy wants didn't... me to dress up as Luigi from Super Mario Bros. I had a Dylan C's costume. October's gonna be a big month for me, apparently. This mustache, cool, cool. It's it's just September first, guys. Okay, let's not jump to October yet. I'm not quite ready for that. Let's slow it down a little bit. All right. Um, appreciate everyone tuning in for the evening show tonight. A lot of the same familiar faces are here. Appreciate it. Um, we're going to be back tomorrow noon with a special show. We're going to talk a little fantasy football with, as it pertains to the Bears. We're going to talk about the win total, some prop bets for the season. Um, I think we're going to have like a, a little bit of a bankroll that we could figure out where we want to put that money through points bet on the Bears. What makes sense? Um, so kind of a Bears preview for fantasy gambling and all that should be a fun episode as we head into Labor Day weekend. Um, please check out the Hoga Johns episode with Ryan Poles. It's good stuff. It's not terribly long, um, but 20 minutes with the GM today over at House Hall. Please check that out. Um, I think you'll appreciate it. Check out all of our coverage. Nick, Nick has plenty right now at allchgo.com. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Nicholas Moriano at chgo underscore bears and hit that like button just do it come on hit it right now we appreciate you guys so much we'll see you again tomorrow at noon